Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Hey guys, over the last 12 years that I've been involved in dating coaching and online dating coaching and working on developing men's self-esteem, I've noticed a definite increase in the amount of men who are feeling frustrated and angry with women. If you're watching this video, there's a good chance that you may be in that boat are starting to feel really angry and annoyed and frustrated at women. So much so that we have groups like Men Going Their Own Way, Red Pill Movement, and all these sort of movements uh, are starting to arise, catering towards men who are feeling angry and frustrated at the world as it is today. But today what I want to do is I want to position a totally different concept. I want to say maybe it's not specifically women's fault. Maybe there's something else going on that's changed in our modern day. And I'm going to talk to you about three reasons why I think men are getting so frustrated and hard done by in the dating game. Two of which are based on the choice paradox, which is inspired by a book called The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz, whose name I conveniently forgot and just cut in. Anyway, enjoy the video. Keep watching. So I want to run a thought experiment with you guys. Um, I don't know if you've ever gone out to get a new credit card, but let's pretend you're in the market for a credit card. Uh, let's pretend in this world there are two banks that you can choose from and each bank has a credit card they have on offer. It's pretty easy to go onto both banks' websites, get a list of the features that they offer on each credit card. You look at a list of all the features, the interest rates, the special features, the monthly fees, all that kind of stuff. You go through exactly what the features of each credit card has. It's really easy to pick the one that suits you best. When you have a decision of two things like that, two options, it's really easy to choose one and know for certain that you've made the best choice. But uh, our mindset in the world is that the more options we have, the happier we'll be. Because if we have more options, we have a better chance of getting the very best thing for us. But in truth, in reality, this almost never plays out. And and the choice paradox, and and what I'm going to explain to you today, is some of these reasons. So if you think about going for a credit card, imagine that instead of two banks with one card each, you have... 10 banks, each offering six different types of credit cards. So that's 60 different credit cards you now have to assess. For most of us, the the task of trying to fairly assess every credit card against every other one is daunting. In fact, I'm willing to bet that none of you, maybe one of you and all my viewers have done this. We've literally gone through every single credit card, looked at every single specific feature and tried to compare. No, you don't do that, right? As it turns out, the more options that you have in the world, the more the, the the more narrow your focus becomes on features to try to, to try to simplify the task for yourself because no one wants to spend that long comparing credit cards. So what you tend to do is you go, I'm just going to look at the interest rate, right? I'm just going to look at the monthly fees. You start to only look at one or two features and compare them on on that metric, and that's all you do. Now this is a very it's a human nature thing to simplify a complex task. Um, it's one of the ways that 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 we use heuristics in our lives to try to simplify complex things, and so. What people do is they look at those credit cards and compare them on that metric and that's it. And what happens invariably is people get caught out that way because that's where banks you know, have been using a lot of shady tactics of having hidden fees, hidden this, hidden that, because they know that we have to simplify the task because there's too many options. Banks wouldn't get away with it if there were only two options. So the difficulty there is that when we're confronted with a task like that, there's two problems. One is we start to narrow our focus and then look at a small number of things. 
The second is that we very often end up of trying to avoid the moment of making the final decision because it's a little overwhelming. How does this apply to dating? Well, one of the issues in dating is that, especially nowadays with online dating exploding the way it has been, uh, women especially, women especially, but also high-value men, have too much choice. They have choice everywhere, right? So let's say a really attractive woman, she can choose from 60 different men. She cannot possibly, possibly fairly assess every man on all his merits. It would take too much time. That would be inhuman to expect anyone to do that. So women can't do that. So what they have to do is they have to start to narrow their focus and work out what what heuristics, what rules of thumb can I go on to try to quickly assess what each guy's like to work out which of these 60, 60 I want to date. So since she's got so much choice, she's definitely going to use looks as a feature. Um, what else can she do? Well, she knows she wants a guy who's intelligent, who can take charge, who's confident in himself, who's right. But she doesn't want to have to have a, a couple of dates with every guy to assess these things. What marker point would likely make him, would likely demonstrate that he's got all these features? Well, has he got a uni degree? That would demonstrate some intelligence, some ability to work hard. She could look at that. She could look at, does he have a good income? Has he got a good job? Because if he's got a good job, if he's got a, you know, well paid, he's probably good at taking charge. He's driven. He's motivated. Uh, he's probably good at taking charge. He's confident, probably, right? So all of a sudden, she can infer all these things about a man from very small amount of detail. Now, it's imperfect. It's a rule of thumb. It's unfair. It'll, lots of guys will slip under the radar this way. But the truth of the matter is, because of the paradox of choice, the choice paradox, she has to do that. When you're confronted with too many choices, you have to narrow the focus. And the other thing that's going to happen is she's going to, she's going to find herself delaying making that final choice because the choice is overwhelming. Now, I've experienced this myself um, when, you know, when I'm single and doing a lot of online dating, I have too many choices. And all of a sudden, I can't go on a date with every potential woman. What I have to do is I just have to look at certain features and, and judge them based on those things, right? Big rules of thumb that are entirely inaccurate. But because I've got so many choices, it doesn't matter, right? Some of those will hit the mark, right? It doesn't matter if I miss a few along the way. I've experienced this myself. That's what happens when you have a lot of choice. When you don't have the choice, it seems awfully unfair that everyone just judges you on face value. But that is, that's one of the things that's happening. It's happening more and more and more in our current society. And we can't blame women. It's just the choice paradox play. But I did promise you three ways that guys were getting screwed. Here's the second way. There's a famous experiment with uh, a group of, I believe it was art students at a university. And the students had to produce three artworks in their, in their year, in their final year. And the university said, look, we want to put your art on display here and keep it at the university because you've all done such a fantastic job. But what we want to do is we want to let you take one of them home to keep and we'll keep the other two and put them on permanent display. Now, there were two separate groups. One group was told, pick your painting now that you want to keep and the other two you'll lose permanently and we'll keep them. The second group was told, Pick your favorite painting now, but you know, you've got another sort of few months. If you change your mind, bring it back and just swap it out. That's what they were told. So, which group do you think is going to be, have made the better choice if you ask them a year later about which painting they decided to keep? The group who got to change their mind again at the last minute, or the group who had to make their mind up on the spot and couldn't change it anymore later on? Uh, logic. So-called logic really suggests that the guy who got to change his mind if he wanted to at the last minute was the one who was happiest, right? Because he got to make a choice and then got to really think about it over time and then swap out that choice. 
but it turns out that that's not how the human mind works. The second we give ourselves, any human being, the opportunity to double guess ourselves and our choices, what happens is that we invariably find flaws with it and we start to have a grass is greener attitude towards our other options. However, now you've probably experienced this with certain things like small purchases. So if you've ever bought, uh, uh, you know, small things like under a hundred bucks that you've purchased for yourself, you've likely experienced this where you've spent a lot of time going, hmm, maybe I should have gotten that other one. Maybe I should return this and get the other one. Maybe I should. It's a very natural part of the human condition. But if you've ever bought yourself a big purchase, a house, a car, something super expensive that you can't swap out, that's kind of for keeps, at least for the medium term, what you usually find is you you realize you made the perfect choice. You made the best choice and you can list out all the reasons why you made the best choice and there's nothing better that you could have done. You have the best car. You have the best house within your price options. It is the same thing in dating in that modern society has become, you know, marriage is not so, uh, marriages aren't considered to be something that have to last forever anymore, right? Divorce is far more socially acceptable. Uh, relationships are far more, they're allowed to be medium and short term. No one looks down on a woman who sleeps with a guy and then uh, breaks up with him after a couple of months. Uh, society has become a lot more casual about dating. And I think in many ways, that's a very good thing. I don't think forced marriage was healthy in any way, shape or form. So I'm not arguing that everyone should stay married, not by a long shot. But what that's created is another facet of the paradox of choice, which is that you're always able to double guess yourself. When you make a commitment to a man or a woman, whether it's for a long-term relationship or for a marriage, you're always much more aware nowadays than you ever were that you have other options, that you can always swap that woman or man out for a different model. And so the result is that a lot of us end up feeling less satisfied with the relationships we have. Women who are in a relationship with you, far more likely to feel less satisfied because she's constantly aware of other options that she has because we don't really commit in the same way that we used to. Again, it's not women's fault. Men do this as well. But again, it degrades our experience in relationships because we never feel like we, our partner feels like we are 100% the right choice for them, right? Many guys end up in relationships and they feel resentful about this where, and comment below if you've had this, but they've ended up in relationships where they never feel like the woman totally digs them 100%. Like she's always got her feelers out elsewhere. Now, I know that, that a lot of other books like Red Pill and stuff have other reasons for this, like uh, monkey branching and stuff. I don't buy into this. There's very little proper scientific research to, to validate that. There is, however, for choice paradox issues. So that's why I'm holding on to this. That's the second reason. The third reason is very different altogether and unrelated to the choice paradox, but it's related to entitlement. Now, I usually hate the word entitlement because entitlement is usually meant to shame someone. Like, you're just being self-entitled. You should feel ashamed of yourself. I, that's not the way I'm using the word entitlement. Um, in our modern day world, what a lot of us guys believe is that we deserve to have an attractive woman on our side. We deserve to have a woman who's up to our standards. If you have high standards, you'll find a woman who meets those standards. Uh, and there's plenty of women around, so there's got to be a woman for you who's attractive, who's, you know, attractive, quite attractive. And every man believes this on the whole. And, and that's been, I think, the dating coaching industry has been a little bit guilty of this. I, I always try to be very honest here, but the dating industry in general tells men, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, you can have a ridiculously hot model on your arm. Just follow these tips. And I think that's really sunk in with a lot of men that they feel like I deserve to have an incredible woman. I deserve to have an amazing woman. Woman. 
And that's been the message that's been fed to us. It's not men's fault. It's not because if you you feel like this might be you, I'm not having a go at you. This is how we've been raised. This is how society has taught us to think. And the difficulty here is that we all we end up thinking that, oh, in the 50s, everything was great because every every like people just married and every guy got a, a wife who would look after them and things were easier back then. And there are a lot of reasons why things are not quite as we thought. You know, if you go back in time, a couple of things. First of all, men were dying in wars a lot. Uh, you know, we have the, 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 the best male to female ratio, the highest male to female ratio now at any point in any recorded human history. Because in, historically, way more in the past than ever, men were dying in wars, <laughs> right? And so there were far few, fewer men to go around historically than there are now, which means that there's far more competition than there ever was now. Um, what's more is that it can't be, if you, if you don't have a lot to offer women, if you've got you know, a lot of men who come to me, and again, this isn't a, an attack on any of you men watching, a lot of men come to me and they say, Damien, women just won't date me because of my race. Damien, I'm just too ugly to get a girlfriend. Damien, I'm not wealthy enough to have a partner. This is what they've read. This is what they've heard. As long as you've got money, as long as you're good looking, you'll get a girlfriend in your life. Um, every single time, not one exception, when those guys come to me, they have other issues going on internally. And that's what's making them undateable for women. But no one's talking about it. See... Um, for a lot of these guys, it's not just about having money. It's not just about being good-looking enough. And no one tells us. So we have this entitlement. If I have those things, I deserve women. But you don't, because very often these men who come to me may have uh, really crippling self-esteem issues. And they, 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 they oscillate between being really low self-esteem and being narcissistically confident. Not the same as true self-confidence. Or what they have is they have um, really, really um, um, deep trust issues between themselves and their mother right? That's a problem. Or they have a really unhealthy relationship with their sexuality. They have a lot of shame around their sex drive and what they want sexually. Or they are too eager to please. They fall into the nice guy syndrome and they, they want to please women too much and they're too easy. They, they just want to get validation. Or they just focus too much on the sexual. So they, they're all focused on the sexual. They don't really know how to form intimate, close friendships even, let alone relationships with other human beings. They've never learned that growing up. So they're all, I mean, this is just a few examples of situations I come across when I meet men who come to me and they just say, Damien, I've got this great job. I, I, I have all these people I hang out with, have this interesting lifestyle. Why won't women date me? And I really, you really have to look deep to understand why you're not dateable because the modern world has told you if you just get these things, you'll be dateable and you deserve women. But you don't deserve women. You get what you deserve. Um, it's very much like that. You, you will attract to you the types of women who you are capable of of attracting. That's why self-development is such a massive, massive part of learning to more, be more successful with women. That's why I believe so strongly in developing your ability to attract women because that is, women is a big motivator. And if you use women as your motivator to become a better quality man, you are working on yourself and becoming a better quality man for all parts of your life, not just for women. That's why I'm such a huge advocate of it. That's it, and thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash personality test to complete our scientifically backed attraction personality test, which will help you uncover the areas you most need to work on based on your personality assessment. Take care, and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.